was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. Skirts of Anchor Hidden on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello. On today's episode, we're making all the connections between Rogue One and A New Hope. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Before we go too much further, though, uh, we'd like to just remind you that Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Click the link at Tashi-Station.net or go directly to Patreon.com slash Tashi Station for more details and learn how you can support the show and join our very cool uh, Patreon uh, supporter Slack team. Yes, Brian. Did you like the episode title that I put in the show notes? That's uh, that's a good episode title. <laughs> All right, are we going to keep it? We're going to keep that one, yes. <laughs> a rogue hope. <laughs> I'm proud of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <sighs> uh, hey, it's time for Fixer's Flash, the geeky things we've been up to. Nancy. <laughs> Guess what? I've been reading more Vercosigan books. <laughs> I feel like we need an, an an entirely separate segment, like the Verkosian update of the week. Uh, I have finished Memory, which I had started when we were recording the last podcast. And um, this is my f- my friend Aaron who gave us the who gave me these books. Uh, said this was her favorite book. So I was excited to read it. And I am pleased to announce that it is probably also my favorite now. It was excellent. I loved everything about it. Um, She does a great job of making things matter. (laughs) Like, uh, just... What happens in previous book it, books, it always comes back to, you know, affect the current plot and the characters grow and change so much. And I, I just love it so much. And I, I, I love, I love these books. And uh, this book marked a big shift in the series as Miles went from one stage of his life to another. So I am really super excited to see what comes next in the series i have eight books down six more to go excellent and i'm currently uh reading um some of the novellas that i skipped previous in the timeline um because i had six days to read another book before phasma and Leia, Princes of Alderaan come out. So I didn't want to start a new book and not be done. Um, so my friend Aaron suggested I go back and read the novellas. So I read um, The Mountains of Mourning, which is one of the earlier Miles novella, and it's, oh, it was so good. Um, and I am currently reading 
a labyrinth, which is a later novella. But um, I, I'm playing with the idea of writing a column for the blog about the Vakosigan saga as a family story and how certain people believe that Rey shouldn't be a Skywalker because it will diminish her uh, importance as a standalone character and, you know, that they don't want that family to be the focus. And I would point them to these books and say, this is how you do a family saga and have everyone be important. And where the, like, I fell in love with Miles's parents and I was kind of bummed that the series was shifting away from them to be about Miles. But now I, I love him. And like part of his whole appeal is that he is um, trying to live up to his parents and his grandfather who, um, spoilers, tries to kill him at one point. So <laughs> it's really, really very good. And that's what I've been doing. <laughs> well, I too have started the Vorkosigan books. Yay! You finally got sick of me talking about it. It only took a year and a half. <laughs> I'm only a couple chapters into the first one, but I'm enjoying it uh, so far. Really? Are I you, am, you yes. Gonna, you gonna keep reading them? I am gonna keep reading them. It's 14 books. Uh, I know, I've got time. Technically, there's 17 books, but I just haven't read the two. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yay, I'm so glad. Yay. Yeah, that's what we've been up to. Not a whole lot. <laughs> We're getting ready to go on vacation. We are getting ready to go on vacation. So we may be scarce listeners. Well, we might record something. I want to record like a Force Friday thing. That's just like short, a short little. Yeah, that'd be what fun. What did we do on Force Friday? We didn't do anything. We, we were on a, a plane. plane. <laughs> we spent six and a half hours on a plane. No, it's not six and a half hours. It's like five. Uh, no, that's the flight time out to Seattle. Oh, God, kill me. <laughs> Actually, don't, don't do that plane uh boy uh <laughs> hey what is new on the blog well we have a comic review from bria of the dr afro annual which i don't know what annu annuals are i'm gonna have to have someone explain that to me <laughs> knows comics uh matthew reviewed reviewed the inferno squad audiobook uh which was read by uh janina gravankar who is plays Aiden versio in the game so I love I love when they do that. Um, Brian, you had a column go up today. I'll let you talk about that. I did. So we brought back our informal, if you liked blank, you should read these Legends book series by uh, giving you some recs if you liked Aftermath. And what were some of those? Uh, among them, obviously, the X-Wing books, uh, the Thrawn <laughs> trilogy, uh, Luke Skywalker in the Shadows of Mindor, uh, the Republic Commando books, among others. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we'll be doing that series more often. Um, I, I have one, uh, for Lost Stars, but I just haven't gotten around to writing it yet. Um, and we also had a new book club episode go up yesterday about for, uh, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. I had Danny from Rogue Quadrant come on to talk about that book and it was a great time. So go ahead and check that out. Hi, cat. We have a cat. We have a cat guest. Yes. Hi, Maz. <laughs> Maz, is, Maz is on our desk wanting to podcast as well. If you hear her jingling, that's why. 
this is this is enthralling podcasting yes, as I we're know. playing with as the cat. We're playing with the cat. <laughs> Don't you wish you were here? Yes, because then you get to play with the cat. All right, Deeks Dirt, news from around fan. We don't have a whole lot this week because uh, I think all of our news got blown last week as a lead up to Force Friday. Well, and then we, we have some stuff for uh, movie news, but um, I think I think, I think think we're going to have a lot more movie news within the next several months as we start the lead up to The Last Jedi. But uh, we had our first Phasma excerpt. Um, I did not actually read this um did you read it i did read it yes i don't want to talk about it too much because i do know there are people actively avoiding um anything related to this book right now uh-huh. but uh, it was very good it was very interesting it was very mad maxian well that that makes sense considering who wrote it <laughs> witness me <laughs> i am excited to read it um when did it i i'm curious as to like when it takes place uh, like and how like far back they go in the time in Phasma's timeline. So it's raining. Yeah, it's uh, it's pouring. Supposed <laughs> <laughs> to get thunderstorms as we're recording. Yay! Ooh, well that'll be that'll be atmospheric. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all. That's really the fandom news we've got today. Uh, mm-hmm. so we'll uh, head on over into Big's bullshit film news. And we start with something that's kind of a bummer. Michael K. Williams says his role was cut from the Han Solo movie because of scheduling issues. It's almost like that they should move the release day of the movie to try to give them more time to shoot their reshoots. I am... Honestly, I am shocked that they have not pushed the date back to December yet. I feel like now they're kind of like committed to it and they're just all in on it coming out in May 2018. Um, I mean, at this point, though, it's weird we haven't even gotten a title for a movie that's out in less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. It it's going to be solo. Like, I mean, just just say the name of it is going to be solo. A Star Wars story. Like, really? Or, or Millennium Falcon, a Star Wars, like, I mean, really. <laughs> I'm, I'm still lobbying for Han Solo at Star's End. I think it should be Scoundrels. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that. That would be a great title. But, um, and there was another thing I didn't add to the show notes because I, it just happened, I think, either yesterday or today, and I forgot about it until now. Uh, Ron, uh, Ron Howard tweeted a picture of him and Donald Glover saying that Donald, uh, had wrapped on his his shooting so lando is done as far <laughs> from the movie bye bye lando uh part of me is still really sad that donald glover got used on this instead of something else in well, star wars i don't know i think i think i think he will be a good lando i think i mean i i i have no doubts he'll be a great lando but yeah oh i wish he could have been in something more well just think of it this way they can use him again as lando <laughs> in other media that comes late after the movie in the saga that that, that, that is before, true before before empire that is true mm-hmm. well you do have to wonder how much more time are they going to spend in these uh inter-trilogy periods I well, if the uh, next movie is what it's rumored to be, <laughs> the first three will be all in the intertrilogy era. Tune into our last episode to get our thoughts on that. Well, I have I have other thoughts, but I don't want to actually go into them until they confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Moving on, two new First Order vehicles were revealed on the Star Wars show. <laughs> I also didn't watch this. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> we're hosting a show here. <laughs> I don't. I know. Sometimes, like Star Wars show comes out, and I'm like, "Oh, Star Wars show," and I r- watch it right away. And then sometimes, like, if I'm not looking at Twitter right when it comes out, like, I end up just not watching it, and then. I'm like, oh, yeah, I never watched Star Wars show from last week, but I will. I, I saw the pictures. There's a walker. Yes, and a, a simian-like and a walker and a very fearsome, very big Star Destroyer that looks like a slice of pizza. <laughs> I mean, have you seen real, Star Destroyer? Not the Chicago deep dish crap. Have you seen, like, what an actual, like, I, Mark One Star Destroyer looks like? They that looks like all- a slice of cheesecake. How is it? What's the difference? Just go with it. No. <laughs> they all look like pizza. That's the way they're shaped. So, yes, check out the Star Wars show to see that. Yes. Uh, Force Friday is having an augmented reality event, and I don't know if that app is out yet, but I should probably download it if it is. Uh, yeah, I saw people playing with it. You can, like, put porgs in, on places and Wait, stuff. I can put porgs in places and yes. I haven't downloaded this yet? It's, I think it's just oh, a Star what is Wars app. wrong with me? I don't know. I haven't done it either. But I saw the pictures and it yeah. was cute. Um... So yeah, we are we are Force Friday is happening this weekend, so uh be prepared for a bunch of stuff and a bunch of news and products are gonna reveal things. Um Force have mercy on your wallet. Yeah, there there's I've seen some art that is coming that's on like some uh that's some on some puzzles and betting and it's um the Luke uh, in that is really good, and it just it makes me happy because like he's actually in like pictures and like promos this time around. Like I actually <laughs> get to see him, and it makes me really happy. <laughs> yes. Uh, Force Friday two merchandise events are coming to the Disney Park. So shocking. In case, in case you needed an even bigger free for all with where punches will no like no doubt be thrown. <laughs> You can head over to Downtown Disney at Disneyland or Disney Springs here at the lovely Walt Disney World Resort. I would like to go, but I have to work. Doors open at 12.01 a.m. Yeah, like, I don't, I mean, I have to work on Friday, even though working from home. I I, I don't want to be out at midnight and then get home and then have to wake well, up. To also remember that we're catching a flight that day and we crossing are. three time zones. We are. So we will find find a store at some point in the following week and, and buy things. But we can't even buy that much because... <laughs> We'd have to bring it back with us. Yeah. So we'll go troll for action figures. We can fit those. Yeah, in we bags. can we can bring action figures back. Yeah. Mostly I'll just be like I want that and 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 30 porgs. <laughs> I've seen the porgs out. They're out already at some store. I know. Stuffed porg. I think we need to get Mara stuffed porg, but she'll eat it. <laughs> she would eat it. Yes. Uh, that that I do not doubt. <laughs> But yes, we're we're it's we're getting up to the last Jedi. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm the, uh, the marketing ramp up yeah. is about to happen. Yeah, brace uh, yourselves. Yeah. Oh, um, something I thought we should mention. It's not news related or anything, but uh, normally at this time of the year, we are gearing up for another event. 
uh, Dragon Con that's held every Labor Day. Uh, Brian and I are not attending this year, so that's why we haven't been talking about it. We have a little bit of FOMO. <laughs> uh, Bria will be there, so if you uh, check out any of the Star Wars panels, I think she's on a few of them and moderating the Rebels panel with uh, some very cool guests. So uh, if you see her, say hi. Uh, we're working to get some audio, I believe, from her. So hopefully we'll have some panels up for you guys. So we, we are sad to miss DragonCon, but we needed a break. And hopefully we'll be back better than ever next year. Yeah, we'll be we'll be back next year. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, additionally, it's been two years since I've been back home. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it was time to take a trip back home. And we had celebration this year. Yeah. So, yeah. But just, I, I just wanted to mention that because I know usually we go and people have been asking. So, that's. So, we'll have some con audio for you. Bria will be taking care of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed because we've got Claudia Gray and Delilah Dawson and E.K. Johnson all this year. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, d- I'm sure uh, they alas. will be regulars. Alas. Alas. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's time for Cammy's Concerns. Nancy, do you want to intro this one? Uh, well, a few weeks ago, we finally watched Rogue One followed immediately by A New Hope. Uh, we had been meaning to do this since Rogue One came out on Blu-ray, but um, hadn't actually done so. Um, I know when I got out of Rogue One, that was my first instinct is I wanted to go home and watch A New Hope (laughs) Uh, just because of how perfectly it sets up that movie. Um, I had the same feeling after watching Revenge of the Sith, but that was just because I was so depressed that I wanted happiness after that. so, um, but Rogue One was just like, okay, well, this is obviously like one long movie now is like almost what it feels like. So that's what we did. And then, of course, we were like, well, we have to talk about this on the show because it was awesome. It was great. I really enjoyed it. I, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, um, like story wise and like see make as many connect like because obviously like you know you see the movie you read like the source books and reference books and you know just talking about the movie you make all the connections but when you're actually watching it it's really cool to like see everything unfold and be like you know it's it really much seems like it's all part of one saga and not just this is a separate movie uh, in Star Wars. So, um, I I don't know about you, but I really felt like this movie, like Rogue One, was made at the same time as A New Hope. Um, like when we when we switched over to A New Hope. It didn't feel like, oh, this movie was made, uh, you know, 40 years earlier. And that really put into into perspective how much care they did to make Rogue One look era, period, accurate. Yeah. Like, I mean, all of the costumes are, you know, like what, what we remember from A New Hope. All even, the porn stashes were there. Yeah, the hair. Even the little variations, like the shore troopers and stuff, like, seemed like things we we w- would have seen before or like the the blue squadron you know uniforms um so the the they took a lot of care to make it 
look like A New Hope. And you can really see that in the Yavin set. Um, you know, you just... I, when when you see A New Hope, it seems a little darker in the hangar. Um, the hangar in Rogue One seems a lot bigger and brighter. Um, but, like, just when you see that first shot of Yavin 4 and it, Rebel Alliance Headquarters title comes up and you're like, ah, <laughs> it's Yavin 4 <laughs> and it's so great. Um so yeah, I, it 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 looked it it's like looking through the original trilogy era through a modern lens. Oh yeah, I definitely agreed. And it I feel the same way about Rebels a lot too, and I really I I really like that. Um So yeah. <laughs> I feel like we have to talk about the music off the bat though. Uh yes. So you and I had two things we wanted from the Rogue One soundtrack. It was the little Death Star cue. Bum, 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 bum. And the original Imperial theme, which is bum, 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 because Imperial March was not introduced until Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so I wanted, I wanted those things. Uh, the first time you see the Death Star, uh, I believe. Yeah, it's it's the first time you see the Death Star. Yeah, because it's like they there's Krennic Krennic's theme, and then it pulls away, and it goes boom, ba ba ba, and you and I both kind of like smacked each other on the arm, like they did the thing, they did the thing. Um, and they used the original Imperial theme a, a few times throughout. The most uh blatant use of it is when they are lifting Vader from the Bacta. Um, back from his back to bath um and you when you realize who it is they have that little theme and it was so so good um, i i really i loved it and i i felt like the rest of the soundtrack too was very um blended in with a new hope very well mm -hmm. like he was michael giacchino did a good job of using the old themes but not like relying on them yeah and i think what really stuck out to me watching these back to back is how seamless it was going from rogue one soundtrack to a new hope yeah. not necessarily that rogue one was totally cribbing a new hope but that tonally it mm -hmm. felt very similar well and they've you know they used the rebel fanfare throughout the force theme throughout um the the final sequence, which we will talk about in depth later, um, you know, was when as they're walking through the halls of the Tangent before that it's the you hear the, the little trill in the background that you hear during Imperial Tack, the Imperial Tack cue and the A New Hope soundtrack. Um, and it was just it's just like it, it like. For for as many times as you've seen A New Hope, it was almost like a cue, like a Pavlov's dog cue of, this is familiar. You know where they are right now, <laughs> just because of that little that little musical cue. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I the uh, the soundtrack was everything I wanted it to be. Um, the Krennic's theme um, was sounded like it was straight out of start like a new hope it could have been like 
I, I really love that theme and it, it fits in so well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Music Man? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it. this is another case where the initial critical reception was, oh, the soundtrack isn't any good, like The Force Awakens wasn't, but I feel like at this point we should all have realized that um, the era of the... while. The era of the MTV Star Wars single <laughs> is long over. Yeah. And um, these are classic style compositions. You're going to have to spend time with them before you can make any real judgments on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I, 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 I listen to those soundtracks a lot. And um, Rogue One especially, I'll listen to like the last three tracks over and over the master switch leading into your father would be proud leading into hope which uh, might be some of the best 15 minutes of star wars music it's ever composed so good it's so good um I, I i i love them all so much and uh again you can go into this more in depth later when we talk about the end sequence um so we mentioned that we like looking at the original trilogy era through a modern lens. Um, One of the reasons is because these movies were made in the late 70s and early 80s, back when representation wasn't what it is now. Um, Star Wars, you know, has always been good with representation for its time. You know, we have Leia uh, and then Lando, which, you know, at the time was groundbreaking, but today it's not like that it's not that special anymore to have no. one main female character or one black character you know that we you know audiences have come to expect more we want more um and going back in the timeline uh you know revisiting the era now lets us make up for the mistakes of the era. So like, for example, Rebels has a lot more women in it um, and a lot more people of color. And Rogue One, that's where Rogue One excels, you know, is that pretty much most, all, all of the team of, you know, the Rogue One team, it's all, you know, men of color on it. Um where it fails is the lack of women, um, which is disappointing because Rebels seem to do a little better in that, even though I want more women Imperials and Rebels. But like Rogue One, unfortunately, it seemed to stick to the, you know, white male Imperial aesthetic. And they kind of forgot that, you know, they could have women troopers um and in the rebellion as well uh sometimes so um you know those are some those are some issues i had with it and we've talked about that you know ad nauseum um you don't want to diminish the the fact that the uh racial diversity was so important um but i really wish they had like put some female imperials in the background (laughs) Um, and the most glaring one is Galen's science scientists are all old, old white dudes. Yes. And that is so frustrating. I'm like, 
They could have used freaking Queezus, however you pronounce her name, from Legends or something like just whatever. It was just it was just stupid. Now I'm going to say something a little controversial here. Uh oh. I love Bay's and Churros. Hot takes. But what if you'd replaced one of Bay's or Churros, or maybe even not them, but maybe Bodhi mm-hmm. with a woman of color? Yeah, or Jin. <laughs> or Jin, yeah. I mean, like, it's hard for me to say that I would rather, you know, this one character I mean, be a woman. That, and that, because that is where it's hard. They're I really, so good. I love that cast so yeah, much. They're so good. Um, or maybe they should have just written another character in somehow. Yeah. I mean, Galen could have easily been Lyra. Yeah. What if Lyra was the scientist? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so much <laughs> Or if Krennic had been a woman. Yeah. Um, I mean, as much as I love Krennic. Uh, but I mean, even if even if you keep the gender parody as it is now in the main cast, like do put them in the background, you know? Like that's where you can really make a difference. Um, you know, they they did a good job in with having Mon Mothma come back. Um so it just seems like they could have just tried harder in the background, at least. Um, and uh, I, I really hope that the Last Jedi does better on this front. Yeah. Um, and Amy, uh, we had asked our uh, the in our Slack channel, our Patreon Slack channel. Five dollars gets you into the Slack team <laughs> where you can ask questions that we'll answer on the podcast. We had asked if people had any things they wanted us to address or any questions about, you know. Rogue One and New Hope. And uh, Amy Wishman said, one of the things that bothered me about Rogue One is the lack of women, but I'm kind of accustomed to that in A New Hope. Was it noticeable going from Rogue One to A New Hope? Um, No, it wasn't, um, other than the fact of, oh, hey, there's not enough women. Um, So that was consistent, at least. But I think this is where people, where it's sort of a cop-out for people, where people say, oh, well, they couldn't have had women imperials because there aren't any in a new hope or they couldn't have had more women in the rebel alliance military because they're not there in a new hope or there's not women pilots and i'm like but that's that's a cop-out because we know that this that that movie was made in 1977 we understand that because we're and, and i and i don't think if you have kids watch them back to back they're going to be like well i noticed that in rogue one that there was a lot of women and in rogue one and a new hope there were not so why is this the thing this is one of those things where you can just hand wave or retcon your heart's delight to get that yeah. representation in there so yeah. i don't care how they go about explaining it i mean i just say that a bunch of them wound up being on the ev- evacuation cruise yeah or i mean like the Battle of Scarif, how many people die? Like, at least half? At least half the people who fight in the Battle of Scarif die? Mm-hmm. So if you have all the women pilots are on those squadrons and die in the battle, that's why there's only, you know, white men going off to fight against the Death Star, because that's who survived. I mean, you know, well, I mean, why aren't there women women Imperials? Because well, we a just lot, didn't see a them? A lot of the women, I think we're actually with... Uh blue squadron who was not yeah at um yeah there were a few there were a few pilots there was um (laughs) there was the uh 
one of one of the X-wing pilots was a woman, and then the I think people who um were flying the U-wings. So yeah, and um, I mean, there's it's not even important to explain that away. Just it is what it is. But if you have to, it's not that hard to try and uh, try and explain why it looks different between Rogue One and A New Hope, and there's just no reason to stay away from making Rogue One more diverse just because A New Hope wasn't. Right. So, um, the lead out, the, the first parts of Rogue One, it feels like A New Hope mainly just because of the aesthetic and the style, but really where things start connecting story-wise is towards the end and the Battle of Scarif. So, you know, the the obvious comparison is to compare Battle of Scarif to the Battle of Yavin. And um, I, I thought that the Battle of Yavin would be really jarring after Scarif because Scarif is so large scale. Like, you've basically got the entire rebel fleet there. Um, and Yavin, it's just 30 snub fighters fighting against the Death Star. Um, and I thought it would seem very um, anticlimactic after Scarif. But if anything, Scarif made Yavin all the more intense and nerve-wracking. Because you see how much effort they went through to get these plants. You you see how obliterated they were. Yeah. And how little people they have left, which just amplifies how under the gun they are. Yeah. So if you, uh, you know, if, if, if they fail... Like, you you know what's going to happen if they fail. We interrupt this story because oh, no. Yahoo Movies exclusive just released a new <laughs> image of Ray that I'm going to show you right now. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty. That's Ray with her back to the camera on Octo. Uh, staff in hand, looking that, badass. That's That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. As do I. <laughs> Sorry, I had to show you that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ray is not in A New Hope or or Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I agree. It makes it seem more um, like the stakes are so high now. And like you always knew the stakes are high because, you know, the Death Star, if it, you know, the Death Star will blow up our heroes. But now, you know, if the Death Star blows up our heroes, you you know what the rest of the galaxy is going to look like because mm-hmm. Rogue One, you know, opened up the lens a little more. Yeah, Rogue One, you knew the stakes were high in A New Hope, but Rogue One takes those stakes and makes them even bigger. Yeah. It makes the whole thing it makes all of a new hope carry so much more weight and gravitas and drama just by opening up that lens yeah. in rogue one i um one of the things i'm really interested to see if the the star wars ongoing comic is supposed to be visiting jedda um with the next arc and um you know, one th- I'm gonna have to pull that put that one back on my pole. <laughs> one of the things it says is that Luke is gonna like find out about the um you know the the Rogue One crew basically and it's gonna affect him a lot. And I'm like, 
because, you know, he's the hero. Like, everyone is like, you you know, you blew up the Death Star. You're so great. But he's going to learn about these people who gave their lives and how many people gave their lives to so he could ha- so he could take that shot. You know, it could have been anyone taking that shot. You know, Red Leader um, fires, you know, at the exhaust port and, you know, it doesn't go in. He could have, Garvin Drace could have been, you know, the guy who blew up the Death Star. It could have been any one of them. Um, it's kind of like, um, <laughs> this is going to be a weird analogy, but go with me here. Uh, the If you've seen uh, From the Earth to the Moon... Uh, there's, you know, the scenes where they're talking about the Apollo program and uh, that, you know, Deke Slayton, I think, says, you know, one of you guys will be the first man to walk on the moon. Uh, and it just so happened because of scheduling wise and because of, you know, his previous missions that Neil Armstrong got that slot. But if something happened with the schedules, that mission could have been bumped and uh, Pete Conrad could have been the first guy to walk on the moon. So you're you're looking at me like I'm ridiculous. I love that you're making this analogy so much. What? This is why we're married. <laughs> so I mean, like, so yeah, like Luke Skywalker is an amazing pilot, but he could have also been any like, and Neil Armstrong was an amazing commander and pilot, but it could have been any of them to do this special thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so one of the one of the things that um, I'm really curious about after watching Your Hope is where did Mon Mothma go? So I've got a thought on this. Um, okay, I suspect that after the assault on Scarif, mm-hmm. the bulk of High Command fled. Now, do you think that happened bef- after Scarif or before? Because she's leaving when they run up to her to tell her that that um the rebels are on scarif um so i was thinking maybe they might maybe they left during scarif yeah because like they're not gonna be like directing the battle through there because radis is directing the Mm -hmm. battle yeah um so I think I'm wondering if it was just a matter of, you know, she was leaving because um, all the other senators were leaving, too. And, you know, Bail Organa left. So um, especially knowing that this was going on, they're like, okay, you have to go into hiding. Like, you have to go away because if this fails, they they're going to come here. They're going to try to find us. Um, I. I believe that um, a little birdie tweeted <laughs> that uh, if you want to know what happened to Mon Mothma after um, Yavin, you should stay tuned to From a Certain Point of View anthology. Mm. <laughs> so I, I'm, I think that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm really excited about that is because of seeing what Rogue One connections there will be. I know there's going to be one about Captain Antilles, so... I'm so excited. Have we pre-ordered that yet? If not, uh, we need yes, to. We, we have. have. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. Um, and speaking of Bail Organa, Bria wants to know why Bail went back to Alderaan. And Bria, it's because he needs to die. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but that is uh, that was necessitated by the plot. He had to die, therefore had to go back to Alderaan. 
I'm sorry, Bria. Yeah, I mean, I they, they didn't want people to start thinking, well, maybe Bail Organa wasn't on Alderaan when it exploded. He was there. Yeah. He was he was very there. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that they... Um, he, he was very there and he got very exploded. I'm really glad that he was in this movie. Um, I, I'm, I'm very... I feel like the prequels wasted him and I'm glad that he, he was here and we got to see more of him. Even if just for a little bit. Yeah. So I had a thought about... Um, so so is there anything you want to talk about before... The Battle of Scarif, <laughs> like, and that whole ending sequence. I, I'm set to jump right into the Battle of Scarif. Okay. So, so, so several thoughts about this sequence is... Um, wow, it was pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole data tapes, um, they took that literally <laughs> and had them actually extract literal tapes Um and then they had to, like, upload those tapes and then copy it to another tape. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you guys need to get in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, the, so, the Death Star arrives at Scarif towards the end. Um, uh, thought is that, um, just a random thought, the, the shield gate thing was super cool. And then it's under it's totally understandable why they didn't go with that later on uh for the second Death Star. <laughs> because they're like, let's not have the shield around the whole planet. Let's have the shield projected from the planet so they can't crash things into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um so the you know, that all that all goes down. The uh the Death Star appears over Scarif, which is a beautiful shot. Um, also found out, um, I believe Pablo tweeted this or it was in some sort some article where um, why Wedge was not at the Battle of Scarif. It makes sense, but I'm still sad. It's because he has not seen the Death Star before, um, so he could not have been there. Uh, which I'm like, maybe you could have left earlier, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I we we spent way too much time in the first viewing looking in the background at all the pilots. I do wish that there had been more of connection with the pilots. <laughs> I, I still like that they brought in David Ancrum to. Uh... Oh, okay. There, Okay, yes. Let's let's talk about that. I didn't mark this down, but I think that was actually where you and I had the biggest holy crap moment in the entire movie <laughs> yes of all the things in that movie all the nods okay, i will say other than the end yeah, well yes with vader uh it was just like holy crap like we you know we're watching it and we're we're watching four characters in the background who have helmets that we can recognize and there's no one there's no one and we're like oh it's kind of disappointing and then we hear what was this is like this is red leader this is gold leader and you and i were both like how did they do that and the voices were crazy enough and then you saw the i don't know how i don't know how they worked the magic to take those extra cuts that were just sitting in the lucasfilm archives well and and that's like you 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 saw them 
first. Like you didn't, I didn't, you didn't hear them. You saw them with them with their roll call because I could see them like doing the voices, but they're like, this is Red Leader and it shows him. And I'm like, holy, holy, what? How? <laughs> How is possible? That is, that is some of the finest Lucasfilm editing magic I think they have ever done. Yeah. And then, um, they uh gold leader dutch was um they they had him come in and redub some of the lines because that the actor is still alive and was that was at celebration and which was an a great amazing panel. panel um i wish i recorded it uh, i recorded some of it on my phone but um but yeah so they got they brought him in to do some dubbing uh for for the lines to like say you know attack the shield gate and it sounded exactly the same um, they put a little radio static in there, so yeah. you couldn't tell any time had passed. It was just, um, it was just so. I, I'm so glad that they did that. Um, it was that, just a little bit of continuity that it made see, all that, the difference. That is a fan servicey continuity nod that actually improves, right? The movie. Well, and because they're squadron leaders, so it's believable that they survived the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, and a lot of their, their pilots didn't. Um, so it's, and it kind of makes, it it makes their deaths on Yavin more, even more meaningful and potent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I was, I was so, so glad that they did that. It was so, so great. And that whole battle is just great. Um, but, um, going back so we didn't, we haven't really talked about Tarkin much. Um, I mean, we've talked about him a lot, you know, as far as like his role in the movie and you know the the whole CGI thing. But um, as as just a connection to A New Hope, I do think it was good to have him in the movie. I yeah, I think I think if anybody is bridging these two films, it has to be Tarkin. Yeah. And he comes off as much more of a jerk after seeing Rogue One. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as, as awful as Krennic is, like, Tarkin totally screwed him. I mean, Krennic is a jerk. Tarkin is a jerk who knows how to manipulate the shit out of yeah, things. and blow someone's head off with the Death Star laser. <laughs> that is That is a level of petty I aspire to yeah, be. Yeah. So, um... And also, going back, didn't mention that um, that uh, the whole the whole idea of Galen putting in the flaw purposefully. Um, I know that was you know people were were suspecting that leading up to Rogue One that you know we're gonna find out that Galen did it purposefully. Um, some people think it's not necessary for that. I I, I liked. I it. love that touch. I I really liked it. Um, it it just adds. Um, I think it adds more depth to, you know, just the the you know, the battle in general and trying to get the plans like and like I don't think it's necessarily like oh they had to make the empire seem less stupid, but it adds to it as far as like how bad the empire is that someone would you know it's another thing where it enhances a yeah. new hope like you know w- in a new hope the empire is bad but they're rogue so, one shows they're you why. so yeah they're so bad that galen would risk his life to and basically like 
work for the Empire for so long just so he could sabotage the project. Um, whether or not you think he was right or not, it's a different story, but, you know, he recognized how bad they were, you know. And, um, you know, one of the things I hope they do with the Han Solo movie um, is that regardless of the story, like, I, I, I like seeing more of the Empire um, and more of, like, how it works. More sides, more machinations. Which is why Empire. I hope they show the Academy. <laughs> oh, I hope they keep that backstory. Yeah. Okay, but so when the Death Star shows up, you've, you know, you have Vader or Tarkin there. Um, and, you know, the the other officer comes up and tells him, um, shall we target the fleet? And Tarkin says, no, target the base at Scarif, single reactor ignition. Lord Vader will deal with the fleet. Um, and, you know, we, he comes in later and deals with the fleet. Uh, but that... Thinking about that and seeing that, I'm like, that explains why Tarkin does not evacuate in the Battle of Yavin. Um, because, you know, he came, Vader came in and completely decimated the fleet, boarded, um, you know, the flagship. We took their flagship without the Death Star having to do anything yeah. to them. So as far like as far as him, you see his trust in Vader, um, and that you know he knows Vader will go out there and take care of those ships one by one. Like why why would it be any problem? Because <laughs> like we saw what he did at Scarif. Like this is going to be oh, no. Yeah, contest. they went up against the mightiest portion of the rebellion's fleet and wiped the floor with them without the Death Star having to pick up a finger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that, that was a neat little bit of continuity there. Um, so the end sequence is... The reason they hired, um, I'm totally blanking on his name, the director. Gareth Edwards? Yes. <laughs> that last 10, 15 minutes was, was, was why they hired Gareth Edwards. Yeah, well, and even just not that whole battle but just the part that goes with vader boarding the profundity to the tanavi for launching and then going straight into the attack over tatooine like like the way the way the movie ends you're like oh my god like like that's this is what we know and then you put on a new hope and it's like it's like one big one movie you know <laughs> and it's just perfect um so the the whole the whole part with Vader like it makes his entrance on the Tandy V4 much more scary. Now, I got a question for you. Okay. Do you wish they hadn't used him in the middle of the film and no. saved him just for that? No. Okay. I no, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think you needed to see him earlier or it would have been too I think it not jarring. I think it would have taken everyone's attention. If he had just shown up at the end, and that's the first time you see him, you'd be like, oh my god, it's Vader! Ah! And like you're not thinking about the movie. Paying attention to anything else that's happening. Yeah, I think they needed to have his reveal over in earlier in a quiet moment. So they could set up, oh yeah, Vader's going to show up at the end, and then yeah, still well, blow your mind. Well, yeah, because you know he's showing up at the end. Like When mm -hmm. you hear Tarkin say, Lord Vader will do the fleet, you're like shit's about to go down and his 
like the the moment his the the fleet goes to hyperspace and then his star destroyer jumps in and is firing as soon as it comes out of hyperspace and just decimates everything in sight like it's like if that had just happened like people would have been cheering because oh yeah vader's here you know and i think it would i think it would have taken away from the gravity of the moment because you're already like anticipating as soon as he shows up and then they say he says prepare a boarding party you're like oh my god what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and they had hyped up this moment that you knew it was gonna be amazing and it was Um, they did not disappoint um but no i'm glad they used him earlier i think they needed a quiet moment i i loved seeing his castle um so yeah um I, i i liked that what about you i yeah just that whole scene just blew my mind (laughs) Uh, and it was just this escalating series of holy crap this is awesome holy crap this is awesome holy crap this is even more awesome so you know you see you know the um Jin and cassian uh perish (laughs) on jet or on scarif um and it's you know very wonderful moving music and it's very sad and then they transition up to space and you see the shuttle um going to the uh profundity and the music ramps up a part of me when we were watching i thought okay it's gonna end here with them just being vaporized and a pan up to just some quiet music looking out into space Uh nope oh no So, uh, Vader's born in the profundity, um, and then it cuts to them freaking out, trying to get the, the plans copied so they can take them off, um, which, like, I don't know who they, how they cast all these extras and the stunt people, because the terror on all of their faces and in their voices was 100% believable. (laughs) Um, So they're all scrambling. They go to get in, they go to get through the door and you don't know where the door is leading to that jams. And then everything just gets quiet and you hear the breathing. And then there's a lightsaber and it's like, which makes his entrance in A New Hope somehow even scarier. It does. Like, he doesn't, like, you you think, okay, Rogue One is obviously scarier because he's got the lightsaber, he kills everybody, but him just stalking in impassively in Knowing A New Hope. Knowing how angry yeah, he is. He's so pissed off because he's, you know, and you and you imagine the troopers on the Tan V4 what the hell they're thinking uh because some of them at least saw their comrades be killed by this monster um that's a story i want and from a certain point of view the trooper who took the tape um and ran into the tent before um i want that guy's story uh because as as the devastator has caught up to them thinking holy crap this is we're we're done that's what i want uh yes (laughs) um 
you and I both have the same reaction when as soon as he takes the tape and runs into the new ship, shuts the door, the lights come on. Audible gasp. Because you know exactly where they are. You know that ship. Everyone knows that ship and the You the know that ship, corridors. you know that corridor. Yeah. Um I I I remember the same sort of reaction in Revenge of the Sith when uh we we first go on the the Tantive 4 when uh, when they pick up Yoda or they pick up Obi-Wan. Um I you know, that was the same sort of <gasps> Like, oh, look at that. You know, it's that it's the ship. We all know. We know the ship. Um, so that, and I don't, I didn't expect it to be the Chanta before. I don't know why, because it's so obvious. Um, but it, I, I guess because it was in the other ship, like, I was kind of envisioning they would beam the plans to the ship, mm-hmm. like, like he says in the movie. Um, oh, that was old legends. The plans got beamed to the TV yeah. four rather than carried on, carried by hand. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, just seeing that ship was like, oh my god, like it's it's happening, it's a thing. And then when uh, when you know when they say launch, and then uh, you know the ship drops out, and you're just kind of like, holy, holy crap, that's the TV four. And it's escaping, and ah, <laughs> so excited. Uh, so I was dumb, Brian, <laughs> and uh, did not realize until we watched these two movies back to back that the guy who hands Leia the plans is Captain yeah. Wait, really? You didn't? No. Oh, yeah. I, I picked that up on the first few. I'm so dumb. I was like, oh, who's, like, I, I knew he was on the ship somewhere. I didn't realize it was him because I'm guessing I expected him to be in the cockpit already. Um, But, uh, yeah, I was watching. I'm like, oh, wait, that's Captain Antilles, right? That, that <laughs> is indeed Captain so Antilles. Stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, we're getting a story about him by Gary Witta. So that will be good. Um. Leia's there, obviously. That's the biggest connection. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think they were right to end with her. Still question the her the turning around and hope thing, but I, I do think we needed to see Leia. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we had some questions about this sequence, and we can discuss rapid fire them. Uh, I guess the main thing is how much time passed between Rogue One and A New Hope. I'm like, the snarky answer is a hot minute. <laughs> but it's somewhere from a couple hours to a couple days. It's not very long. It can't, yeah. I mean, it's all. it all depends on where Scarif is in relation to where Tatooine is. Yeah. But it's not very long. It's not long because Le- Leia is, is going to to uh get Obi-Wan uh-huh. per per. Bale's conversation with my Mothma. Uh, so it's, it's you know, questioning where does she go? Do they immediately jump there or do they jump elsewhere and jump around to try to keep from being tracked? Um, and it, 
you also kind of have to wonder, um, it depends a lot on what if, if certain legend stories are still considered canon. Um, because originally, uh, in the deleted scenes from, uh, from A New Hope, Biggs is there as the attack is happening over, uh, over Tatooine. Um, so he is supposed to, uh, you know, defect and join the rebellion in the short amount of time it takes... For, you know for that for that to happen and then he's at yavin so i guess you know point uh, uh, question is how much time passed between the two movies and then how much time actually passes in a new hope and is that actually Boy, i <laughs> does biggs actually come home uh now or does I, that i just get that the feeling apocryphal? it's not much time yeah, I and know. Which makes the deleted scene seem much more not canon. Yeah. Yeah. I would have loved to see Biggs scare off. Oh, I know. Uh, I really hope he shows up on Rebels. <laughs> uh, Scott Hume has several questions. Um, how long How long did it take Vader to get off the Rebel ship, board his destroyer, and then track down Leia's ship to Tatooine? Which, again, is how much time passed. Um, and really don't know. <laughs> I'm... I don't know if they're ever going to clamp know if, it down. Yeah, either. I don't know if they'll ever detail that. I'm going to guess a couple hours. Yeah. Um, what happened to Radis and his crew? They, uh, they were definitely captured. They, they either did. committed, they either uh, they did. took a cyanide capsule to not spill secrets <laughs> or were captured, interrogated, and then killed. They did. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely dead. Uh, Steven's, uh, what was, no, I'm sorry, uh. Uh, who who is the? I can't remember who played Radis. Stephen Stanton. No, not the voice. Was it Mike Quinn? Oh, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, he was at that. Um, yeah, he was at that that panel, and he, you know, he said he he definitely said they're dead. <laughs> so. And they recorded a scene. Why wasn't that on the DVD? Yeah, yeah, they recorded a scene where. Uh, they, they realize what's happening and that they're going to die. Uh, so sadly, they did. Uh, why did Vader... Did Vader destroy the remaining rebel ships before he went after Leia? How did he find Leia so quickly and how did he track her ship? Well... Magic. <laughs> I don't think he destroyed the entire fleet. I don't think, I think he they. Either. I think he got a number of them. Yeah. But it was unlikely that they could have gotten all of them and they all... The remainders probably scattered in all directions yeah i mean if you look at when he jumps in you know he the the devastator jumps in with weapons firing disables the flagship like immediately um so it's probably picking off you know remaining small ships as vader is boarding the profundity um and uh you know, once he gets back to the Devastator, they probably take off right away. Mm -hmm. um, and how did he track the ship? That's a good question. <laughs> and I'm wondering if a story will tell that tale. <laughs> oh, it's, I imagine it's possible. <laughs> uh, I imagine, you know, just extrapolating from the vector that the ship took off in hyperspace. Um, I, I, the force, maybe? Um, and that's why that's why 
I question how much time actually passed because it's it's easy to say, oh, it happens right after A New Hope, but it also makes sense for it to take a little longer so people can spot the tangent before and get to Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we really, really don't know. Oh, and then one more thing, um, a scene from A New Hope that is a lot more profound after watching Rogue One is the, what I call the Mufferin scene on the Death Star. Um, as they're talking about the, you know, the Death Star and um, the Imperial Senate, um, you know, especially after knowing that the original plan in Rogue One was to get Galen to testify to the Senate. Um, and, you know, they're still concerned with what the Senate can do and knowing, hearing that Palpatine just straight up disbanded it, you're like, whoa, that means a lot more after this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, the fact that there's some empty chairs in that room. (laughs) One of them belonged to someone who got super lasered in the face yeah (laughs) uh and just the whole arguments about like you know finding a weakness in the station um you know and you you see like that the empire is just as splintered as the rebellion was before scarif so it that adds a lot um i'm really glad rogue one was the first anthology movie just because it adds so much to a new hope but Mm -hmm. still stands alone very well agreed agreed like you can like if you the movie ends and you're not automatically like well what happens next you know (laughs) i mean we are because you know but yeah so yeah it was a good movie watching experience i'm glad we did that um I like watching all the movies back to back to back. Cause I, I so, do too. Sometimes it gives you more of an insight of, oh, wow, I never thought of that before. But yeah. If you haven't done this already, you should. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, carve out a couple hours on a Saturday or Sunday and just watch both movies back to back. Yes. You'll you'll get more out of each. Yeah, you will. So uh, any last thoughts? I don't think so. Uh, we, we covered a lot of ground in yeah. 45 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go ahead and sign off there. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Head to patreon.com slash Tashi Station to become a subscriber. And at the $5 level, you can join our Slack team and pose questions like that we'll answer like we did on this show. <laughs> All right. On Twitter, with ha- you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Elaine Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, please do leave a review. It does help us grow the show. You can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. We will catch you all next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, my God.